everybody and welcome back to the Truth About Emotions podcast with your host Deborah McPhillamy. Now today I want to talk to you about mental health. Now mental health and emotional health really go hand in hand. You, you know you cannot have the one without the other. They are intrinsically connected and to explain this a little bit obviously you know what goes on in your mind you're going to feel and what you feel is going to um, inspire or affect the way you think. So they're very much connected. But today I want to talk about when mental health or when mental health issues become a habit. Now this is a huge topic and I can honestly speak from experience here because I for one have had mental health issues probably my entire life. I mean before we started talking about mental health um, but now that we are able to talk about it openly, it was always just seen as depression, anxiety, or, you know, you had, you were emotional. There were, there were lots of different terms and labels that people gave to mental health. And so if you're thinking about mental health or if you're looking for a definition of mental health, my personal definition would be one of being um, mindfully at peace, um, it would be feeling good about yourself and in turn then thinking good about yourself. So having great self-esteem, having great self-worth, having um, understanding your own value in life, thinking that you're a good person, knowing that you are a human being and understanding the complexities of being a human being. You know, because in the past, they used to talk about mental disease or mental illness and a lot of people would be put into an institution they would be they would be shocked they would be treated they would be lobotomized i mean there was all sorts of horrific stuff that they used to do to human beings when they didn't understand um, the mind of a human being they didn't understand the mental capacity so in modern day society Mental health issues are very much focused around anxiety. Um, and as I said, you know, having good, healthy mental health is when you feel good about yourself. You understand your strengths. You understand your weaknesses. You understand when to accept the things you can't change, um, when to change the things you can, how to change them, having the skills, being empowered. Um, so that you can have a relatively happy life. Now, the thing is, when we talk about happiness, happen, happiness is really relative. And I think that most people who have mental health challenges or issues, it's more about actually finding peace, peace about who you are and being able to live life and experience life where you do have moments of happiness and that those moments of happiness and peace start outweighing the moments of feeling anxious and depressed and angry and upset and like life is not worth living. So coming back to what I said in the beginning about when does mental health then become or when does mental health issues become a habit. Now here's the thing about human nature is that when we start thinking about ourselves or thinking about our um our self-worth or about our issues or about our relationships it becomes habitual because the human brain is designed or has been created 
in a way that human beings tend to focus on the negative. So something bad happens or you just have to look at the, um, the news, listen to the news, watch the news, read the news. Everything is about the negative. We're very drawn to drama. We're very drawn to the negativity of life, things that are happening, war, all the bad things. The media never sells the happy things. They just don't because it doesn't really sell stories because we get more of a kick. We get more of an emotional boost. We get more of a excitement factor, a dramatic effect from the negatives. You only need to watch TV today. Um, everything is around murder and mayhem and rape and kidnapping and everything that's bad in the world. You struggle to find a feel-good movie. You struggle to find a feel-good series because everything is based on murder and mayhem and all the horrors of the world. So the human brain is very attracted to that that makes you feel profoundly. And if you think about feeling good and feeling love and feeling peace, it's more a gentle feeling. It's a gentle um nudge it's a gentle emotion it's a gentle energy it's a gentle energy whereas everything that is bad is a harsh impactful energy so you can understand why the media why the broadcasting companies the movie companies the production houses all of them tend to focus on these big impactful energetic um sources of entertainment because it's somehow gives us that surge of excitement or drama or horror or um you know what i'm getting at it's it's just it's it's much more powerful than this this good feel energy so coming back to what i said in the beginning with regards to how mental health issues become a habit let me first explain how a mental health problem begins. Now, I'm not talking about mental disease or mental illness where there's a chemistry problem, um, when it's somebody who's been born a, a psychopath. I'm talking about mental health issues, the same as if we talk about emotional health issues or physical issues. Um, this is how a mental health issue begins. Now, Let's take anxiety for instance. Now, anxiety is a massive problem all around the world. And I think a lot of people understand a little bit more about anxiety, especially since um, COVID came along. But this can be applied to anything in terms of um, somebody who's withdrawn from society, somebody who has a bit of OCD or a lot of OCD. Um, all of it stems from when we suddenly recognize that we don't feel safe that something is amiss you know human beings are all about feeling safe feeling connected feeling accepted feeling loved and having that or desiring the ability to live life on their terms to express themselves authentically the way they feel they would like to so when we feel unsafe in any situation and you believe that and you get hung up on that or you think about it constantly it creates this record it, it almost like creates a stuck record in your mind 
So let me give you a little bit of example just to help you to understand if, if I'm not being very clear on this. So say for instance, a child goes to school and they are picked on or they are bullied, whether it's by a teacher or um, say for instance, a teacher says something mean to the child. They say, I'm disappointed in you. Um, you're a loser. You're a failure. You're stupid. You're dumb. Anything derogatory. And that child believes that um, teacher that child will then start focusing on that and that's all they'll think about all the time and it will dominate their thoughts when they're going to sleep at night that's what they think about when they wake at night that's what they think about if they're in the shower when they're in the bath and when they're not consciously thinking about it it then becomes a subconscious issue it will start it will keep running in in the subconscious because the subconscious mind is there all to keep us safe all our programs, our emotional skills, our life skills, our mental skills, all of those programs that, are, that I'm talking about, they all run unconsciously in the subconscious mind or in the unconscious mind. So when you're totally focusing on something all the time, it becomes like a stuck record and it eventually turns into a program or into a belief. Now, this is where it becomes really serious, is that taking that child whose teacher or parents has said, you're stupid or you're a loser, and they're focusing on it and they're thinking about it, they don't understand it, they can't process it, they're going, in their mind, they're going, why am I a loser? What is this about? Am I a loser? Well, the teacher's older than me, the teacher knows better than me, they're bigger than me, so it must be true. And specifically, if that child does not have a great foundation of self-worth or self-esteem or have the skills to process that information, to process that message that they received. So because they're thinking about it all the time and focusing on it, it becomes a stuck record. The stuck record then becomes a belief, which is like a program that runs in the unconscious mind all the time. You're a loser. You're a loser. You're a loser. You're a loser you're a failure, you're a failure. Then what the unconscious mind does is it then sets its, it sets, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it sets out to protect you because the unconscious mind is all about, I need to keep you safe. I don't want you to feel that way. We need to keep you away from the situation that made you feel that way. So then the child becomes anxious and they, I don't want to go to school. I don't feel safe at school. I don't feel safe in that classroom. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel nervous. It makes me feel bad about myself. And that's when the anxiety sets in. And the child then starts isolating themselves. They don't want to go to school. They become tearful. They become emotional. They become depressed because now their life has been impacted. They lose the, the spark of wanting to go to school. They don't enjoy it anymore because their unconscious mind is trying to keep them safe by running this program in the background all the time. And so you can now understand why a child then becomes depressed and sometimes even angry because it's like something has ruined my life. I don't know what it is, but I no longer like going to school. I hate school. I can't stand their teacher. I don't want to do this, but I'm forced to go. My parents are sending me anywhere. I don't want to. Um, where's my freedom? Um, can you see how this affects you? Can you see how mental health 
issues are established and often it could be from one sentence from a person who is uneducated, unaware of how powerful words are and how words can affect a child and affect that child for the rest of their life. This is powerful stuff because now this belief, this child believing what the adult has said to them or about them has created a mental health issue and that mental health issue has now become a habit. This is huge people, huge. Now, I'm not saying you can't, you can't change this because I know for sure that you can change this. And this is one of the things that I teach in my selfie school program, my self-empowerment program. Because this is something I experienced for the majority of my life. You know, this morning, I started thinking about when did this start for me? Now, I've, I've had an inclination, obviously, because I understand, you know, when my life started changing, when I started feeling unsafe, when life wasn't pleasurable anymore. But it really made me realize that it's almost if you don't go back and change that program and build in a new program, every day is going to be like Groundhog Day for you. Every day. Because every day is going to take extraordinary measures to make you feel okay to carry on with your daily life. Because that's what it was like for me. Waking up in the morning feeling unsafe, feeling anxious, feeling nervous to the point where I felt sick, where I had constant IBS, vomiting, diarrhea, excruciating headaches. Because I felt that unsafe in the world, that unsafe in my life, yet I still had to carry on with life. I did not have a choice. The choice could be to take myself out of life, but to me that wasn't a choice. So then you go to the doctor, right? The doctor then gives you anxiety meds. They give you headache pills. They give you antidepressants. What does this do? All of it does is mask the symptoms, suppress the symptoms. People get stoned. They do whatever it is. They take drugs because they feel so bad. But because they don't know what the underlying cause is, what created them to feel unsafe and bad about themselves in the first place, people are not being helped with this issue. And because they don't know how to solve it, they're trying to soothe it. But the soothing wears off. The wine wears off. I mean, I remember when I moved to the UK, I started drinking. I wasn't a person who used to drink. I would have the occasional glass of wine at a function or a dinner party but it never interested me I wasn't bothered about alcohol then I moved to the UK and suddenly I felt unsafe I felt safe in South Africa to a point it was what I knew it was I'd kind of learned how to manage myself I, I learned coping mechanisms for living in South Africa that's what I knew but when I came here I did not have coping mechanisms the culture was different the people were different um, I interpreted that as unsafe I don't belong I don't fit here so what did I do I started drinking I started trying to fit in with the rest of my family with the friends that we or the people I didn't have a lot of friends when I moved here I've only got a handful now but to fit in, 
But most of all, I started drinking and I started drinking every single day of my life because I was trying to escape my life. I knew that I moved here for love. I wanted to be here for my husband. I wanted to be here to be with my husband because I loved my husband and I loved our life together. But I did not enjoy my life. There's still parts of my life that I don't enjoy. And so my coping mechanism, my escape from my life, my escape from feeling unsafe was to drink wine, at least half a bottle of wine, every single night of my life. And then I go to bed, usually end up with a headache, wake up in the morning and feel terrible about myself because I wasn't doing better, because I knew that wine wasn't good for me, because I had a headache, I started feeling guilty. I started beating myself up thinking, why are you not taking better care of yourself? What's happened to your self-care? What is with the wine? Why do you have to keep doing this? Can't you do better? And so that creates a new kind of mental health problem. Because now you're beating yourself up because you are using a coping mechanism to deal with your feeling of being unsafe in the, in the first place. Of feeling un emotionally unsafe, mentally um, sometimes even physically unsafe. So, and it becomes a habit. So you eventually wake up in the morning going, oh my gosh, this is who I am. The habit of me is one of having mental health issues. Because I'm not facing my problem. I'm not facing the fact that I hate my life or I don't like my life or I don't want to be here. I don't want to live in England. I don't want to be in the wet, windy weather most of the year. And I'm just putting this out there of what was going on in my thoughts. I don't want gray skies. I want blue skies. But I also want to be with my husband. So then you start having this conflict because your mind is constantly looking for a solution to help you to feel safe. Looking for a solution of how you can show up in this world or be in this world feeling safe, having the freedom to be you. But because you're in the habit of feeling unsafe, it's stuck on looking for that solution. I hope I'm making sense here. I know it's making sense to me. But this is just giving you a little bit of insight into the mind of a person who has mental health issues. Because this has been my daily struggle for so many years, for the majority of my life, to the point that what then happens is you start getting physical symptoms. Because the stress, the cortisol, the constant adrenaline, the, you know, your endorphins are being used up. Because think about it this way. If you're feeling physically unsafe, if you're in a war zone, if you are somebody who's been in the military and you've been in a war zone and you're out there protecting your country and there's guns going off and there's dynamite and there's bombs and there's mines and there's all sorts of things that keeps you in a state of panic, of adrenaline, of feeling unsafe, of fight or flee or freeze. It's going to wear you down. Now, this is very similar to people who are in a mental state of fight, freeze, or flee. 
your body is going through the same process. The same cortisol, the same adrenaline, the same using up of all those good feel endorphin hormones because your mind, your body is trying to keep you safe. So very much like when you're in the military. So the physical symptoms then start setting in. You start feeling depressed. You start feeling tired. You start feeling exhausted. You sometimes get symptoms of cancer, um, MS, um, all sorts of symptoms that could be a physical problem, but often it's not. It's just your body is mimicking it. Mimicking it. But there are sometimes people who then do manifest terrible illnesses because of the flooding of these very harsh chemicals constantly in your bloodstream and in your body and it's going to wear your organs down. So I'm giving you a little bit of an insight into what happens with people who have struggled with mental health illness and especially if it started with them as young children. Mine started from the age of three when I was molested by a family member and then I was bullied as a child. You've probably heard my story. You can go back and listen to my little story of um, why I am so passionate about emotions or why I love emotions so much. So you can imagine that then by the time you're 54 and if you haven't learned coping strategies and if you haven't healed from the trauma and you haven't learned skills and techniques like I have and which I teach that where would I be today? I probably wouldn't be here. And that is why there's so many people who are committing suicide, who are having strokes, who are having heart attacks because they haven't ever dealt with that underlying root cause of what created the trauma and that trauma then creating not only their mental and emotional health issues, but their physical health issues as well. Now, I know that this podcast episode might seem a bit dark, a bit negative. Um, you might not want to hear it, but this is the truth of what happens. And I'm not going to end it right here and saying, well, you know what, if this is your scenario, get on with life, suck it up. No, I am going to say to you that there is a solution. There is a way out. There is a way forward when you commit to yourself and you say, you know what, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to be stuck in that loop of just soothing myself with other chemicals or creating a habit of having a stuck record that runs in my unconscious. I want to do something about it because you can do something about it. As I said to you, I teach this in my Selfie School program, which is relaunching again on the 2nd of January next year. And I can honestly say that if I didn't have these skills and techniques myself, I probably wouldn't be here today. I really wouldn't. But I constantly remind myself that using the skills and techniques is worth it. Because there's parts of my life that I absolutely love. I adore my children. I adore my grandchildren. I love traveling. I love most of all, doing these things with my husband, you know, seeing the world, being inspired by life, being inspired by people and having fun and laughing and enjoying time with my dog, even though he sometimes drives me around the wall. But 
There's so much good to life. But you know what I enjoy more than anything else is being able to feel peace. The peace, the mental peace, the mental feeling or thought or emotion of knowing that life can be good, that life is good when you stop the voices in your head, when you rip out the root cause of what creates those voices in your head in the first place. And one of those aspects is, you know, a feeling that knowing that you're okay and having self-love and knowing that you're not the only person that goes through this, that everyone in the world goes through this. Not everybody goes through it to the same extent, but to me, being mentally well is knowing that I have a solution. It is being self-aware. It is being able to look further than my problem that I might be having right here, right now. It's about looking forward. It's about having the ability to refocus my brain, to create a different neural pathway, to go down a different pathway, having the ability to pull myself up when I'm dark, knowing the things I can do to instantly change my emotions and then dealing with the underlying cause that creates those emotions in the first place. And the first step to all of this is about becoming self-aware. Because if you're not self-aware and you're not able to identify your emotions, to label them and know what they are, where you're coming from, you're going to struggle and you're going to be lost for a really, really long time. So, as I said, I know this was quite a hectic episode, but I hope it's given you some sort of insight so that if your child, your partner, your spouse, a parent, a sibling, or anybody else is going through mental health issues, I want to encourage you to motivate them and to give them compassion and understanding, but also to say to them, there is a way out and there is a way forward. And if you want to know more about that, please do go to my website, Um, You can see the spelling of my name on my podcast because we pose a lot of solutions there. I've got a free group as well on Facebook. It's called the same as the podcast, The Truth About Emotions, where you can also ask questions, where you can be in a community of people, like-minded people, who are also on this quest of understanding their emotions, understanding themselves, because they want to have more. They want to have a more joyful, peaceful life, a life that makes them feel loved, connected, accepted, and most of all, safe to be themselves, to free themselves, and to be authentically themselves, because there is nothing better in this world than being able to live your life as you please, on your terms, in your way. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye from me, Deborah McPhillamy, and I'm wishing you all the best in your quest of finding that love and peace and connection that you desire in your life. Bye for now.